Welcome to Friends in Prison. I'm Claire Aronson, and I have 29 friends in prison. What kind of a time commitment is it to have 29 pen pals in prison? Well, I could ask the same of you, what kind of a time commitment is it to have 500 Facebook friends? And that commitment might change from month to month, right? All right, so we'll break it down a little bit. It takes me about an hour to read and respond to a pen pal's letter. But as you can tell from the way that I talk, I like to write in rambling run-on sentences and stories. So you might be able to be a little bit more concise in the way that you respond to your pen pals. Once I write a letter, I put it off in the mailbox. You know that there are email groups like JPay and CoreLinks, and they might cut down on this time a little bit, but not a ton. I live in Florida, and I do have one pen pal here in Florida, but I also have pen pals in California, Oregon, and I have one in Alaska and all over the United States. So it's going to take five to seven days just for my letter to get to their state. Then it goes uh, to a P.O. box, needs to get picked up from the P.O. box, and goes into the mailroom where they're going to check it for contraband. They are looking for anything that can be changed into a weapon, anything that can be a delivery system for drugs. So no paper clips, no staples, no musical greeting cards, no cardstock, no um, oily substances like lipstick or perfume or something they can't identify, no crayon, absolutely no glitter. Glitter is not allowed in my house and it's not allowed in prison. Once the mailroom is done going through um, everything that is and is not allowed, so there's going to be different rules in different facilities. Remember, a lot of places only allow 10 photographs per envelope and no Polaroid photographs. So if you've got 11 photographs, your letter's going to get rejected. Once they've covered all of that, they're going to look at everything for its content. They're going to look at every photograph to see if there are gang symbols in the photograph. They're going to look at the content of your letter to see if there is any gang activity, like members moving from facility to facility, being released, or entering for the first time. They are also going to be looking for any evidence of criminal activity. Also, you're not supposed to conduct business from within a prison, so they might be looking for any type of business transactions and, of course, escape attempt plans. Some of this sounds ridiculous to me because I write such generic kind of uh, letters, but people have attempted and even succeeded at escaping, so this is an important thing to consider. Um, once they are done scanning it for content, then they're going to give it to somebody who's going to distribute it to the different places in the facility. Um, once your pen pal receives it, it's going to take them a couple days. You know, some people are getting back to work. I have one pen pal who was talking about how wonderful it was to be back at work, like 7 a.m. till 7 o'clock at night. Remember that they have to keep their cells clean. You can get an infraction for not making your bed correctly and not keeping things neat. So it's going to take them time to do those things. 
once they do have time to sit down and respond to you, um, they send it back to the mailroom. Again, it gets screened for contraband, it gets screened for content, and then it gets sent back to the postman who's going to take his five days to get it delivered back to you. I get a letter from a pen pal about once a month. So there are some pen pals where I have several letters. They kind of pass each other in the mail. It's a little bit strange if you ask your pen pal a question and you receive a letter that doesn't have an answer and you receive a letter that doesn't have an answer. And then finally you get an answer. Um, there are times when you go, hey, did you remember this question? Did I remember to ask you this question? So... Um, be patient if you are the type of person who has several letters going back and forth. And if I may, I think I should advise that you are the type of person to send several letters back and forth. The reason that you are writing to this pen pal is to be uplifting, to be a source of inspiration, to be a source of support. And sometimes they might not be able to write you back because they don't have stamps because they're really busy, because they're ill, because they're depressed, because they have been sent to the solitary housing unit, the SHU, which is also devastatingly depressing. These are the times when they most need to hear from you, not just like a ping pong ball when you hear from them, send it back. I would recommend that once a month, you send out an extra letter and don't start it by saying, well, I haven't heard from you in a while. Just say, I was thinking of you. This reminded me of you. And my favorite is I wanted to wish you a happy whatever holiday it is. It could be New Year's, Valentine's Day. When I send out Valentine's, I say happy Valentine's Day, just so that there's no misconception about why Claire is sending you a Valentine. Just so that everything is nice and clear. Um, Easter, 4th of July, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Labor Day, um, the Summer Solstice, King Kamehameha Day, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, did I say um, St. Patrick's Day? There's definitely Halloween, and I just sent out my Thanksgiving cards. And of course, around the Christmas holiday, you're going to want to send some special greetings to your pen pals. And for goodness sakes, remember your pen pal's birthday. This is one that I have been way guilty of. It's much easier for me to remember Valentine's Day is coming than remember each individual birthday for 29 different pen pals. But I do try and I keep in the back of my mind saying I need to just go through and add everybody's birthday onto a calendar. So um, hopefully I will get around to that. All right, I have a little bit of a soapbox that I want to step up onto for a minute. Um, of course, you all know that last April, March, lockdowns started over the coronavirus. And I totally get that it was very scary. We didn't know how to treat this virus, how quickly it would spread, how deadly it was, what the long-term effects were. And so we called things essential and non-essential. And prison is a very scary place for this type of thing to be happening because they are in such close quarters and 
there is a lot of moving around inside. Everybody's going to the same cafeteria. So immediately they were told, we're going to have to close the cafeteria and everyone will get three brown bag meals sent to their cell and that's how they're going to get their nutrition. I think that's pretty understandable. I mean, it was pretty um, across the board. It was pretty routine. And that makes sense for a couple of weeks. Weeks are turning into months. And people are either getting fat on honey buns from the commissary, if the commissary is open, or they're getting skinny because they're sick of this same cold, prepackaged meal three times a day. You know, who knew that we would long for the days of the prison cafeteria? But my point is that you don't really recognize how essential something is until you're in the middle of something like this. A lot of classes shut down, meetings shut down, church services shut down, no visitors. Uh, the use of the phone was cut back. And that makes sense. It's the same phone that everybody is breathing onto, talking onto, coughing onto, and then sticking right up into their the next person's face. So in times like these, I am just hoping that people will recognize more than ever how essential the mailroom is. Shout out to you mailroom guys. All of your legal correspondence is coming through the mailroom. If your human rights have been violated, you're going to communicate it through the mailroom. I can't think of anything that's going to be more essential. Um, if you have a non-emergency medical problem, you're going to communicate it through the mailroom at this point. And, and that's going to be the safest way for you to communicate it. All of your family relationships, your parents, your brothers, sisters, your children, those relationships are going to be forged and continued through the mailroom. And the sad part is that these types of relationships, when they start to deteriorate, it can be irreparable. And when someone is released from prison, more than ever, they need support of their family. If they are going to become productive citizens, law-abiding citizens, they're going to need their family to back them up at that time. Of course, all of your romantic correspondence is going to go through the mailroom. I'm sure there are lots of lovely love letters, lovely love letters that are going back and forth through the mailroom. Certainly, your relationship with your spouse might be strong enough to survive this long-term pause or sludgery in communication, but it's going to be really, really hard. And uh, I, I think the one that I want to talk about, the letters that I want to point out going back and forth through the mailroom, which are essential, are the pen pal letters. I know that there are guys in the mailroom who are going to go, uh, I have read Claire's letters and they do not sound essential to me. At one point she was talking about how she was sorry she didn't write back soon enough because she had something stuck in the bottom of her foot, like a sliver of glass. So she was all distracted with her tweezers trying to, you know, dig it out or pluck it out or something like that. 
And then she couldn't tell if she got the sliver of glass or not, or maybe it was just the hole in the bottom of her foot that was hurting. Oh, look at that. She added a postscript. Her foot is fine. Have a great day. Your friend, Claire. But I'm telling you, this is essential. We know that prisoners with pen pals have a lower recidivism rate. There is something about this letter, about the sliver of glass stuck in the bottom of my foot that lets my pen pal know I'm thinking about them. This was the most important thing that happened to me, and I'm going to share it with you. Not only that, but I'm here to listen to you, no matter how silly and how strange the thing is that's most important to you today, I want you to write back to me and tell me about that. But also, there are going to be more substantial pen pal letters. When your NA and AA meetings are closed down, your pen pal letters become your addiction support group. When your church services are closed, your pen pal letter becomes your spiritual assistant. You can write to your pen pal about different scripture verses, things you've talked about in Bible study, what you heard over your YouTube version of church that week. When classes are shut down, you can have a study guide with your pen pal. You can talk about a self-help group and have a little book club. Even if it is just some kind of, of silly book, you know, any any kind of young adult novel, and I will tell you, there are some really great, inspiring young adult novels out there. But even if it is just something just for fun, the fact that your pen pal is continuing to sit down and read and exercise their brain, and on top of that, talk about what they've read, is going to be beneficial to them educationally. All of these types of things are going to be going back and forth in your pen pal letter. Your pen pal letter is your rehabilitative therapy. It is your connection to humanity. It is your self-confidence. It is your ability to connect with other people who are unlike you. Or maybe you find out that they are like you, that each of us has something in common with the other person. And that is why the mailroom is so essential. It breaks my heart to hear that these guys and ladies have been furloughed or maybe switched to some other job in the prison or their hours have been cut, but mail is sluggish. And uh, the only thing that I can do to combat that is to uh, <laughs> increase their load and just send more letters. So, um, Sorry about that, mailroom guys. I want to end this by sharing a little bit of insight about the postcard. As I told you before, I am a rambling, rambling, rambling kind of writer. I write a couple pages front and back, and I like to throw some photographs in there. I figure something is going to catch my pen pal's interest. But there are people who have the gift of being able to write a good postcard, being succinct, and my friend Misty is one of those people. I will tell you that Misty writes very small and very neat. And she doesn't have your typical tourist postcard. She gets metered postcards. So it is blank on one side. And she uses that whole three by five side to write her postcard. And then on the other side, all she has are the addresses. 
she has the ability to write something personal, not so private that you couldn't put it on a postcard, but something personal so that you feel like she has opened up to you and you guys are friends and you're getting to know each other and you're confiding in each other. She is funny and interesting and witty and she does it all in a postcard. So if you want to be able to write to a pen pal and you don't want to have to worry about a huge time commitment, just write a postcard. And before I read this, I want to also say you do not have to be as good a writer as Misty is. Anything is better than nothing. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to say, well, I don't have time to look up witty quotes and to tell a story and to be funny. I, you know, I've never been very funny. It's okay. Just say, I'm here for you. And how are you? They will write back to you. You'll get a feel for what they want to talk about and what they'd like to hear about. Sometimes maybe they just want to know the scores from the game. I don't know because I don't follow a lot of sports. So that hasn't really been my forte. Okay, so back to my friend Misty. <clears throat> so I asked her to tell me about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is how she responded. Claire. Thank you so much for your letter. You made my whole day. You are hilarious. I love it. So here is my good. I have an eye doctor appointment today. Yay. I will be able to see better soon. Bad. They have our phones messed up here, so I can't call my daughter. And I just recently got a number to reach her at. Ah! Ugly. The bed beside me is empty, and I'm afraid that my next QB is going to be a big, stinky lady that snores loud and talks in her sleep. LOL! Pray for me! Thanks so much for taking the time to write. You really do make my day. Talk soon. All my love and prayers. Misty. So, I have one more, and I want to say, I know that as we share more letters from my pen pals, and if I didn't mention it, I did get permission from Misty to share her letter with you. Um, there are a lot of people who are very, very grateful. It is a, a strong, you know, expression throughout these pen pal letters. The way that somebody will say thank you for taking your time to spend with them. And so this next postcard, it gets me a little bit choked up when I read it, you know? Um, so hopefully I am responding in a way that is worthy of that. Claire, hi, I was so happy to hear from you and I loved the jokes. I'm especially grateful to hear from you because I've been in such a funk lately. I haven't heard from my family, my sister and daughter in over a month. It makes me so sad and these holidays so hard. So thank you, Claire, for letting me know I'm not alone. You think your life is boring, but I'd love that. I can't wait to be a real person again. You are doing a great job, Claire. You are a rock star. Talk soon. Merry Christmas, Misty. So I just, I can't express to you enough. Whatever time commitment that you would like to put into your correspondence, as few or as many pen pals as you would like to have, I would just venture a guess, about one hour a month per pen pal. I have 29, so I spend about an hour a day writing back and forth with my pen pals. So until next time, I do want to recommend that you subscribe, leave a review, and find your own friend in prison. <laughs>